So I broke the huddle on a Friday night in October, October 24th to be exact, in 2008. It was my senior year at San Clemente in my final season as a high school football player before I eventually got to go play college football. But I broke the huddle um, that night with a lot of confidence. Actually, the whole offense, we broke the huddle with a lot of confidence, but, you know, but even though during this game against Tesoro, we were losing by five. Even though it's towards the end of the game, with seconds left, if we do not convert this fourth down, we lose. But we weren't worried about that. We weren't worried. We were just excited to be league champs for the first time in 10 years. So I broke the huddle and I was the center on the offensive line. So I'm the first big man amongst all the big men. I grab the ball and I look at the defense and my job is to make sure that our offense goes the right direction because what the plan is that I'm going to put the ball between my legs. The quarterback's going to take it. He's going to hand it off to the running back. The running back's going to run to my right and we're going to get this first down. It's only one yard. Early in the game, we only needed one yard and this famed defense that the, the, the newspaper kept writing about, this really good defense, we were just owning them all day. All night, to be reality. We were pushing them around. It, we were having our best game. And so we weren't really concerned. Last time we had a fourth down in the same game, we needed one yard. We got seven. And so we're like, we're just going to do it again. Actually, you know what? We drove down from our back at the end of the, uh, back at the, end of the field, uh, the 15-yard line. We drove down to their 15-yard line we're, with ease. We're not concerned. Their coaches are the ones freaking out. They're the ones that are screaming and yelling at their players. And their players are trying to move around. And so we were breaking with confidence. I'm like, we got this. Not only are we going to get this first down, my running back's probably going to score a touchdown. This is me great. So I grab the ball, look at the defense. I make a call. I make a, you know, a trigger word. I, we're going to go to the right. So I get the ball. I snap. I step to the right. I hit the guard, uh, the, the defensive tackle right here. And we're driving him back. But a white jersey flies by my left. And I think to myself, this is not good. Because I'm wearing a red jersey. We're at home. The rest of my team's wearing red. Why is a white jersey flying by my left? And why did that white jersey stop? My horror came to realization because the coaching staff on my left, the Tesoro side, began to rejoice. Because not only did we not convert, it was a tackle for a loss. In football, you, need, you have four attempts to gain 10 yards, and we failed. And it's at the end of the game, so all Tesoro needed to do was run out the clock, and they won. It was heartbreaking because we were 6-0 and and they were 6-0 and and, and and we lost. But what made the heartbreak even hurt more was the fact that it wasn't just that we lost, we lost the league championship. It was that it was my fault because I made the wrong call. I made the wrong block. The guy who flew by my left was actually the person I was supposed to block so that my running back can get actually a first down. It was heartbreaking. It wasn't that I was embarrassed. It's because I failed the people whom I loved, my, my brothers on my football team. Earlier, before, before the season began, the, the class before were the, the starters, and we, they graduated, they left, and the, the papers and their, even our coaching staff doubted, like, all right, you guys are undersized. You're much smaller. Will you be able to, even to win a game? But here we are, 6-0. and we worked so hard for this moment, I let them all down. 
it hurt because I loved them. And I look back to this day, I know exactly where it was. It was on the left hash mark on the 15-yard line facing the freeway where I failed to make that block. And it hurts because I failed, again, the people whom I love. True North, I don't want you to look back 10 years from now when you're, you know, 20, 24, 25, 26, 28, looking back in your high school time in True North and going, why I, I regret how I lived True North. I said I loved Jesus, but my actions showed that I didn't love him enough. We're about to read Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 27, if you want to turn there. When we read this, you have to realize this can only be obeyed by us if we love Jesus, if we have a relationship with Jesus. When I was sitting in the courtyard over there, listening to Pastor PJ this week in service, I realized we, we can't even dive into Proverbs chapter 4 until we understand the only way we can obey this is if we are abiding in Jesus, if we have a relationship with Jesus. So True North, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if you do have a relationship with Jesus, are you working and investing in that? Because I look back in high school and I, there's moments I look back and wish I paid a little bit more attention to the coach during meetings. I wish I, I paid a little bit more attention for the sake of my brothers that I failed. And I want you guys, we need to pay attention for the God that we say that we love. And so I don't want you guys to look back in regret in your high school career in True North. Because if we do not listen, if we do not have a relationship, we won't listen. If we won't listen, we'll fail to do these words and we'll look back in regret because we did things we know we shouldn't have done or we didn't do things that we knew that we should have done. Instead, we need to devote ourselves to God's playbook for this reason. Out of our love for Jesus, out of our relationship with Jesus. So true north, let's listen to what Jesus has to say, what God has to say. That no matter how familiar these words may be for all the times we read the Bible in a year with our DBR or how many times the Proverbs are preached, let's pay attention. Why? Because we have a relationship with Jesus. So what does Proverbs 4 have to say? Well, let's read verse, starting in verse 20. It says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight, but keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. And put devious talk away from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. True North, the only way that we are going to be attentive to these words, actually follow them, is if we have a relationship with Jesus. And before I continue, I implore you that you would, if you haven't, if you actually, if you have or haven't, listen, listen to Pastor PJ's sermon from this Sunday. It's on YouTube, on the, on the Compass YouTube page. Listen to it. And it's, let's evaluate our relationship with Jesus. Because if we have a relationship with Jesus, we will obey, starting in verse 20. We'll, we'll be a son. It says, my son. The only way that we are a child of God is if we actually repent and trust in God. 
that we submit to our king, then we are adopted and we can be called my son or my daughter, my child. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be attentive, readily to receive whatever our father, God has to say. We have to incline our ears. We have to humble ourselves to acknowledge, all right, God, you have all the wisdom. I don't. I'm ready to listen. Because we have a relationship, we will not want these words to escape our sight. We want to hold on to them and not let go. And if we have a relationship, we want to take these sayings and put them in our heart. And if we have a relationship, we know that these, these sayings and instructions that God gives us, gives us life and healing to our flesh. If we have a relationship, if we love Jesus, we'll be devoted to Jesus because we devote ourselves to whatever we love. Our time, our energy, and money. If we look at that, we know what we're devoted to. So let's devote ourselves to Jesus. Let's listen to his instructions. So point number one, let's devote our ears to capture God's coaching. Devote your ears to your north to capture God's coaching. The reason why I put capture is because the way the ear works is that it captures sound. It doesn't just listen and go out the other ear like we tend to do sometimes too often. We capture it. It goes into our ear. It's funneled in. It vibrates our eardrum so they can send a signal to our brain so that we can comprehend and know what to do. And I also say coaching because if I just say instruction and teaching, how many of us actually listen to our teachers? How many of us apply and conform to math or science? Like, why do I need to know this? I don't need this. I say coaching because a coach gives instruction with the expectation for it to be followed. But thankfully, we have a great coach. I was sitting in the offices in the next building over there in the conference room. It was dark in there and the TV was the only thing that was on. And I was on the TV. It reminded me when I was in football with the, the film session. The, co the coach would pull down the screen and there you are on TV. And the coach is, is evaluating your play. But this time it wasn't a coach. Well, it was a coach in a sense, but it wasn't a football coach. It was Pastor PJ. It was Pastor Lucas. It was Pastor Hayden. Pastor Doug. And it was Pastor Mike, our head pastor. And what they were doing, they were evaluating my sermon. They would play it, stop it, critique it. Normally, I, I, I was nervous because here's, here's Pastor Mike, a man that I look up to, but I, I didn't feel shameful because Pastor Mike is not a coach like this who just screams in your face and say, you suck, why would you do this? No, I know that Pastor Mike loves me and he cares about me and he wants to make sure that I'm preaching well. And so I, went to, I soaked up, I captured everything he was trying to say. I was taking notes furiously because I knew what he was saying. I need to conform. I need to stand a different way. I need to say things a different way. I might need to articulate things differently so that I can communicate God's word well to you. So I soaked up his coaching. So let's make sure we're devoting our ears to capture God's coaching. Why? Because we love Jesus and have a relationship with him. If we love him and have a relationship, we will go beyond just reading his word, reading his instructions. Instead, we'll put them into practice. If we have a relationship, we will be attentive to his words. If we have a relationship and a love, we will hear, hear, O sons, the father's instruction, Proverbs 4.1. But this word here is, is the word shema. In Deuteronomy 6 is one of the most famous passages of all the Bible. Shema, O Israel. Love the God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What is the word here? What does Shema even mean? 
It means to listen and obey. To truly hear, we need to listen and obey. But we will listen and obey if we love Jesus and have a relationship with him. Because since we have a relationship with him, we know that what he's trying to do is to help us to cease to do evil, Isaiah 1.16, and to learn to do good. Because naturally we're evil and we need God to teach us how to do good. Why? Because he is good. And he's the one that can teach us actually how to be good. So true north, what is our posture when we approach his word? When we read his word, is it where, one that we just check it off the list? Is it just for your, our own personal intake? Or are we approaching this what it is? The living word of God. God speaking to us so that we can follow his instruction. Why? Because we have a relationship with him. How do we approach God's word being taught? How are you right now? How, are you, how were you when you Mark Hogan preached or Elvis preached or when Pastor Rod preaches? Do we have our arms folded, legs spread out, notes on the ground? Are we not paying attention? Or do we have a relationship with him that we're trying to capture God's word? How do we approach small groups? Is it a time for us? We can have fun and goof around. That's good, but is it just that? Or are we approaching small groups ready to be taught the word of God? To listen because we have a relationship with Jesus. If we have one, we will go beyond just reading and actually put it to practice. But if we have a relationship with him, we will also be determined to hold on to what God says. As I was listening to Pastor Mike, I was holding on. As I think right now, the time where Candace was walking down the beach and I proposed to her, I I capture those memories because I want to hold on to them. Why? Because I love her. I listen to Pastor Mike because I love Pastor Mike and he loves me. I want to listen. That's why it's so important that we memorize God's word. That's why it's so important that we memorize what God has done in our lives. That's why it's so important that we know our testimonies. We can't let these words escape from our sight. Like it says in verse 21. Instead, like we should do in Proverbs 3, 3. We should bind them on our neck. Everything that we say should be God's word. Why? Because we wrote them in the tablets of our heart. We have them down here. We captured them and we're listening to them. We're holding on to them. Because we have a relationship with Jesus. Deuteronomy 4, 8. Moses is telling Israel to make sure they don't forget the things that their eyes have seen. So they don't forget. And they're supposed to take what they saw and make them known to their children and their children's children. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we should know our testimony. We should know what God is doing in our lives because we're listening, we're watching, we're praying, and we're seeing God's hand in our lives. Why? Because we have a relationship with him and we're supposed to tell others about that to make disciples. So be determined to hold on to what God says, true north. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we'll know why we should listen. We know that Jesus is the one that offers life. Like many of you, I ignore the flight attendant when she's doing the safety briefings. I put in my soundproof, sound counseling, uh, sound counseling headphones, and I turn out my podcast a little louder because I'm like, I don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. I don't want to read this sheet that I don't read, even though I should be listening because they offer life when the plane goes down. They are trying to tell us that we're to put on our mask before our others so that we make sure that we are able to live so that we can help someone else. They're to remind us that our life jacket isn't above us, it's below us, it's underneath our seat, or it can be your seat, depending on the airplane, fun fact. But we need to listen 
to God. Why? Because we have a relationship with him. If we have a relationship, we know that his words bring life. Like it says in verse 22, they are life to those who find them. And God wants us to incline our ear. Like it says in Isaiah 55, 3, so that our soul may live. If we have a relationship with him, we understand the only way that we can live is through Jesus Christ. Because we were born dead. We were born dead in our sin. We are separated from God. But then Jesus came, lived, died in our place, rose from the dead, conquering death. And he says, all you have to do is to trust in me and repent from your sins and you can have new life. You can live for me or you can reject it and die the second death. So that's why you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you know why you should listen. Because when situations arise up, you'll know what to do because why you have a relationship with Jesus. If we, under, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we'll know this one big thing he's trying to cry out to us right now. He's saying, uh, Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from, for, for from it flow the springs of life. If we have a relationship with Jesus, if we love Jesus, we know that our heart is a precious thing. Because God died for our heart to live again. And so we will guard it with all vigilance because it's precious. It's his treasure. God is in us because from our heart, if we have God in us, comes the springs of life. So if, we're, if we love Jesus, we will follow his clear instruction to defend our heart at all costs. So write that for point number two. Defend your heart at all costs, true north. Defend it. It's worth it. It's valuable. Just over that way, I used to live in a, I was sitting in my apartment at the time in the City Lights Apartments and across the street from the Lisa Town Center. I was sitting there with my roommate and one of my good friends, Cameron. They were talking about their recent game of chess. Now, my roommate, John, who's a brother in Christ and whom I love, I'm like, you like chess? That's, that's cool, John. You're, you know, you're a former Marine. That's nothing against you. I love Marines. They're awesome. But you're a workout junkie. You love to work out. You're, you're a gamer. You play Overwatch all day and Call of Duty all day, and you're really good at it. And you're a self-proclaimed nerd, which is a little ironic. This tough, working out Marine he's, who self-says, I'm the biggest Star Wars fan I know. And he would argue with all of you, by the way, about that. And honestly, he'd probably prove that he's a bigger Star Wars fan than all of you. It's kind of funny. But he's talking about how he loves chess. And I'm like, okay. But then there's my friend Cameron, who loves chess. But this makes sense. He's a scholar. He went to St. Andrews University in Scotland. He has his medieval history degree. You see, with, if you know Cameron Connors, you know that he's probably the smartest person in the room in regards to history, language, and culture, even though he'll deny it all. You know that we don't Google search historical facts. I just Cameron search it. If I want to know if something, if documentary is true, I just text Cameron. Hey, is this true? He goes, nah, not really. Here's why. Hey, did, did the Mongols really invade here at this time? No, it actually came at this time. I was watching a movie with him. There's really nothing to do with the sermon, but this is just funny to me. We were watching a movie about, it just had, the, it had knights in it, and it was a medieval a movie that set, t- took place in the medieval period. I asked him, all right, how accurate is this? He goes, well, the helmet's from the 15th century, the breastplate's from the 12th century, and the legs are from the, about the 14th century. So it's a bit of a mishmash of armor. That's interesting. I'm like, who knows this? 
But he is a man that I'm like, you, why, why am I listening to a chess match that happened? Cameron won. And Cameron was talking about how he was playing John and John was reckless. I'm like, I've seen John play video games. He is reckless. So Cameron was saying, yeah, I took his rook. I took his castle super easily. I took his bishops really early on. I took his knights. I said, I took his queen right in the beginning of the game. And then Cameron relayed, uh, but Cameron said this. And Cameron said, but I heard this word, checkmate. It came from John. Because Cameron forgot the most important part of chess. He was so concerned about making sure he kept his queen and bishops and knights and rooks. He forgot to defend his king at all costs. John's plan was to distract Cameron so that he would leave his heart vulnerable. Cameron forgot to defend his heart at all costs. True North, Satan and the world are trying to distract you. They'll use evil things and sinful things, but they'll use good things to try and distract you. So that means we need to make sure we care more about defending our heart. Because of our relationship with Jesus, we need to make sure we guard our heart. We need to make sure that school and grades do not trump Jesus. We need to make sure that our political stances do not trump Jesus. We need to make sure we're focusing on Jesus more than our sports, extracurricular activities. Focus on Jesus more than our relationships and friendships. Focus on Jesus more than what we want to do. Because if Jesus has removed all those things, those things will pull us away from Jesus. Good things that will turn into evil things because they're pulling you away from Jesus. So we need to make sure we defend our heart because our heart, if before Jesus, was like in Mark 7. It was evil. From our heart came evil thoughts. From our heart came sin. Our heart defiled us because our heart showed what our true values were or maybe are. But because Jesus died and rose from, the de- from the, rose from the dead. And he lives today and he offers you a relationship. He can give you a new heart. Like Ezekiel 36 talks about, he gives you a new heart and a new spirit. He removes our heart of stone and evil and gives us a new heart of flesh. And his spirit will indwell within us. And our heart will then be caused to actually follow and obey Jesus because we have a relationship with Jesus now. So this is why it's so important that we care more about defending our heart. And then we need to defend that heart with everything we have plus more. Your leaders are very passionate about revival. They'll go to the nth degree to try and win. But Andrew Heisler is one of the few ones that I know that has shed blood to defend his team. As he was making sure that his team won, he had blood all over his face to make sure that he defended his team with everything that he had, including his own blood. So how willing are we to defend our heart with everything that we have? Firstly, we need to have a relationship with Jesus because if we have a relationship with Jesus, Romans 8 promises that nothing, nor angels or rulers, present or things to come, height or death or anything else in creation will be able to separate for us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we will always have. Once we are saved, we will be saved. But we have to make sure we are saved and make sure we have a relationship with Jesus. When we have a relationship with Jesus, we need to make sure we defend it first by turning to him, abiding in him, leaning in on him. In the best times and the worst times, on our, on our best days, on our days when we're depressed or anxious or heavy in our sin, 
We need to turn to Jesus. And then we next need to turn to people who are filled with the God as well. We need to be sharpened like we talked about last week. So when you are tempted next, when things at home are going well or things are going great, make sure you have Jesus defending your heart and make sure you have brothers and sisters who are there as reinforcements. But as you know, if you have a relationship with Jesus, he just doesn't want our heart. He wants our whole body and he gives us instructions. Go back to verse 24 of Proverbs 4. What are our instructions? For our mouth, we're supposed to put away crooked speech. We're supposed to take devious talk and put it far from us. It's not just saying bad things. It's taking those things and the, the influence of the things that cause us to say bad things and removing them. It's actively putting them away. What are we, our eyes supposed to do? We're supposed to look directly forward, have our gaze straight before us. It's like focusing on Jesus, like Peter did walking on water. When he was focusing on Jesus, he's able to do something miraculous. But as soon as he looked around at the waves and he, he feared, he sank. So we need to make sure we're focusing on Jesus alone. What are we supposed to do with our feet? We're supposed to ponder the path of our feet. We're supposed to think, okay, where am I doing? What is this action I want to do? All right, God, examine it. Is this what you want me to do? And then lastly, we're supposed not to swerve. Like some of you, when you drive like in the lane, just kind of swerve like this in the middle of your lane. I don't know why. We're not supposed to swerve. We're supposed to straight. When we see evil, we're supposed to turn and go the other direction to who? Jesus. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we will f- put down what we want to do and we will actually follow his instructions. So put, put that down for point number three. Follow God's playbook for your mouth, eyes, and feet. We need to follow his playbook. We tried it ourselves before without a relationship with Jesus. So how about we try to follow the one who is actually good, who is actually wise? A couple years later, after my San Clemente loss, I broke another huddle. This time I was in college. So we lined up for a field goal. So even if you don't know what football is, you've probably seen this before, and you know that guy in the back is going to take that thing, he's going to kick it through the other things, and they're going to get points. Or in other terms, they're going to take the football, and they're going to kick it through the uprights and gain three points. So we lined up to do that. But we weren't going to do that. We were going to do a fake. And so I lined up, and like our coach said, he, 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 they're earlier in the week, he's like, here's the screen. He pulled down the screen, and so here's the play, guys. We're going to run something like this. It's going to look great. It's going to be a field goal. They're going to toss it over. The kicker's going to outrun the defense. We're going to trick everyone, and boom, six points. All you have to do is follow the instructions. You follow the playbook. You get him. You get him. You block this person. You block per- person. The only way we're running this is if the defense is in this certain formation. So I, this time, paid attention because I loved my teammates. I threw the ball between my legs. I stepped to the right and blocked my guy. And I usually wait for the crowd noise to see what happens because I can't see behind my head because I have a big old helmet on and the eyes behind me can't see. And the home crowd of our team groaned because our kicker got annihilated. It wasn't as pretty as the video. It's because not all of us followed the playbook. About three or four of us decided to do their own thing. And as a result, our kicker died. Not literally, but it was bad on film. That's why we need to make sure we follow God's playbook for our mouth, eyes, and feet. 
So what is God's playbook for us? What is his, his, his instructions for our mouth? If we have a relationship with Jesus, we will throw away evil words. Now this is beyond crude joking. What are evil words? What, are, what is crooked speech and devious talk? What does Jesus want us to do? If we have a relationship with Jesus, we will toss out the lying. We'll toss out the slandering. We'll toss out the gossiping, the filthiness, the insults, the fighting words, the crude joking, the corrupting talk, foolish talk, and the words that tear down. This is how the Bible describes these words. And God makes it loud and clear in his word that if we are saying these and we do not have a relationship with Jesus, these words will not let us inherit the kingdom of God. Instead, we'll face God's wrath. And that's why it's important we need to have a relationship with Jesus so that we can take the crooked speech and devious talk and throw them away. I used to watch, before I was a Christian, watch all the, the raunchy comedies, the dirty jokes. I would laugh at them, enjoy them. And then I became a Christian. And then the time after that, I would watch these movies differently. I'd feel guilty and convicted because I realized these movies were causing me to say things I shouldn't say, to think things I shouldn't think. They were causing me to watch things and images that I shouldn't see. So like a normal person, I did not throw them away. Instead, I drove about four hours to the, or five hours to the Kern River, found a nice dirt bank and put them all on the bank, got a 12-gauge shotgun and shot them. I blew them to pieces and that was wonderful. Because I knew, one, if I threw them away, no one else would be able to steal them and use them. Instead, I just removed them from my life. True North, if you're listening to explicit music, just toss it. If you're, if you're watching ex explicit content, just drop it. If you have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus will say, don't do this. This, isn't, this, this is what put me on the cross. Don't laugh at this. Don't enjoy this. Put it away. And if you have friends that you're holding on to, talk to your leader to see if you should hold them or drop them. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we'll throw away evil words, but also we will only look to Jesus and nothing else. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we will look directly forward. Our gaze will be straight before God. Our eyes will turn away from worthless things and look at the things that will actually give us life. We'll look to Jesus who gives us life. It's not like the monkey in Aladdin who got distracted by all the jewels and almost caused Aladdin to die. All they had to do was just focus on the lamp and they win. Or for a basketball player, you know this, the free throw shot's one of the hardest shots in the world. Why? There's no interference. Instead, you got crazy fans trying to distract you. They usually have funny pictures. They might have other things to try to distract you. Some of it's really funny. Some of it's a little disturbing. But they're trying to distract us. Satan and the world are trying to distract us to make sure we do not look to Christ because Christ is the only thing that gives us life. And that's why it's important that we have, we invest in a relationship with Jesus. The next thing we need to make sure is that we follow his instructions for our feet. We need to make sure we think before we act. If we have a relationship with Jesus, we will think before we act because nat our natural self was evil and it followed our fleshly passions. But now we have a relationship with Jesus. We want to follow his path and passions. During the San Diego day and the summer blitz, I was a little nervous. We went to the Sunset Cliffs with the uh, Heisler Kogan group. And funny enough, these guys weren't the ones that you know, worried me at all. Some of them actually went and decided to go cliff jumping. They didn't worry me. 
they, they thought about their steps. They approached the cliff. They made sure, all right, this is where I should jump. They watched a few other people jump. They made sure that they looked at the steps, making sure, all right, I need to make sure I don't die when I jump off this cliff. And they did a great job. It was fun. I filmed them. But that, that group remembers is that one guy who wasn't thinking, who kept stopping right before the cliff that was giving almost everyone a heart attack because he wasn't thinking. He wasn't trying to impress girls, but he feared too much for his life. Oh, Evan, he was thinking. No, he wasn't. He kept running full speed at this cliff and stopped right before the edge, forgetting that there's slippery dirt. It's uneven ground. He can twist his ankle because he does not have any ankle support. He can trip, fall, and die, and now we're dealing with that because he wouldn't, he wasn't thinking. Where thankfully our students were, he wasn't. So we need to make sure we think before we act. Before we go do maybe a trip with friends, we need to ask God, should I do this trip? If you're about to go hang out with friends, it could be surfing, spike ball, it'd be fine things, going out to coffee. But you need to think before you act, saying, should I do this or should I do something I need to do before I do this? Before you post anything on Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media thing you're doing now, you should think and ask God, God, do you want me to do this? We need to make sure we ponder the path of our feet, like it says in verse 26. Think before we act. Lastly, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we, we love Jesus for who he is, for what he has done, and we won't deviate from his plan, no matter how tempting. Three of my teammates, four of my teammates deviated on our kicker died. Not literally, but, you know, got hit really hard. And the team got the ball and eventually scored points, I believe. I wouldn't be surprised. I was sitting in a movie theater going, I know there's a sequel to this movie, but this movie should end because the Avengers won. They have Thanos. They're about to take off the glove. It's, they're right there. But one of them was tempted. Boo. One of them deviated. And one of them caused a sequel. They made them a lot of money. True North, we cannot deviate no matter how tempting it is. We have to ponder our path so we do not swerve to the right or to the left. That's why it's important that we have accountability in our lives to check us. I'm going to say it before we wreck us. Deuteronomy 5, 32 to 33, Moses is writing to Israel. As they're about to enter Canaan, he says, You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. That looks familiar. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. Why? That you may live. And why? That it may, be good, that it may go well with you. And why else? That you may live long in the land that you shall possess. Why are these words important? Why is Moses writing to this? Writing them this? Because imagine you guys are the ones entering Canaan. You're the one that's entering the promised land. You've been wandering around the desert since young kids. Remember, you're our, the parents of this generation, their grandparents, and Moses himself who wrote these words, swerved to the right and to the left. And what happened? They all died. Remember, this generation is the one that witnessed their parents, their aunts and uncles, the older generation that left Egypt. All of them but two swerved. They all swerved except for two of them. And they paid the consequence. They all died in the wilderness and they did not inherit the land. 
That's why it's important we do not swerve to the right and to the left. That's why we need to make sure we have, we're trusting in our Savior for our salvation. That's why we make sure though we do not deviate because he's the one that leads to life. The world is the one that leads to death. Some of you may look back and wonder why your faces are so young and baby looking. I had a fun time going through old revival photos about four years ago and seeing some of the upperclassmen as young faces just wandering around, playing games. I wonder when you're 10 years older, will you look back in your north with regret? Will you look back and true north. It is my duty to make sure you know the only way to do this is if you have a relationship with Jesus and to make sure you follow his way. So it's my obligation to make sure I teach you this. Just like I have to teach my future child this. I don't want you to look back in regret. I have to make sure I have, an, I have a tight relationship with Jesus so I can teach my future child to know who Jesus is, to know that, they, that he or she, I don't know yet, will be saved. And I'll have a relationship with Jesus. So True North, let's make sure that we don't look back in our high school, that you don't look back in True North and regret. Make sure you're devoting yourself to God's playbook for this reason, that for your love, for your living Savior Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this, True North. How is your relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I'm going to pray up the worship band. We're going to play one more song. But I want you to really think and ponder. I don't want you to think about the people around you. Don't ignore them. I want you to worship if you have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to worship like you have one. To remember your testimony, to remember where you have come because of his work in your life. And for those who do not have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to ponder and think about what a relationship with Jesus will be like. Please bow your heads with me. 